let's dive in to our study in first Peter. Now, an interesting thing that we have not looked at yet in first Peter is especially in the, or rather in the section that we've been looking at is the likewise. Uh, so in chapter two, right? He starts with this, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, and then slaves be subject to your master. And then in chapter three, he starts the the sections to wives and husbands with likewise. Likewise what, right? Be, uh, be in a similar way to what? Uh, what's supposed to be the same about how wives and husbands are acting towards each other as people being subject to human institutions and slaves being subject to the masters. There's some similarities that we're going to pull out of the text as we look uh, as we look at the section for spouses today. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, looking at what, this, what Peter has to say to spouses in the terms of subjection or submission. Now, let's start with uh, wives, what Peter says to the wives in 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Let's read that, 1 Peter 3. And we're going to read actually uh, two sections like we did with the government. Actually, like we did with all of these, we're going to pull in what Paul says as well, a passage that Paul has. So we know it's not just Peter saying these things, right, but, but multiple apostles saying these things. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, likewise, wives, likewise. There's that likewise. In a similar manner to something. Look at what that is. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct, even if they do not obey the word. That's an important phrase. Let's see what... Uh, Paul has to say in Ephesians, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Uh, now, he doesn't use likewise in this because he's not doing the same thing that Peter is, but that phrase, as to the Lord. So we see some likewises in these ideas. What did he say in First Peter Two, about the submitting to human institutions that you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish people who would accuse you or, or say bad things about you and your relationship to the government. Uh, there's certainly an element of that in what he's saying to wives, right? Even if they do not obey the word, some of them may be one without a word. That's silencing their ignorance, perhaps, about about scriptural things, about Christian things, submitting to someone who might be unjust. That's a, a similarity when he says to, to masters, uh, to slaves rather, slaves be subject to your masters, not only to the good, but also to the unjust. Then he says to wives, what? Likewise, wives be subject to your husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, well, they might be unjust, right? Submitting to somebody who might be perhaps doing some wrong things. We know that the government does wrong things, right? When P Peter says to be subject uh, to every human institution, well, we know that the government doesn't always do the right thing. The government is often corrupt. The government is often doing wrong things. The masters, again, who are unjust. So there's some similarities in the themes as he's worked through this section of, of being subject to Ultimately, the point, right? The point is the same in this section to wives as it was in the previous two sections, that they may be won without a word. The idea of winning people, what does that mean? Well, we're, we're trying to convince people uh, to become Christian, right? That's what the winning is, is we're trying to convince people to submit their lives to Jesus. We are being subject in these different avenues. 
because we ultimately want people to be subject to Christ, right? We want people to have this attitude that we have demonstrated in our human relationships. We want people to have this attitude towards our Savior. That's what we're going for. And it's the same in the the discussion about uh, people being subject to human institutions, people being subject to masters. And here, likewise, in a similar way, Wives, be subject to your husbands. Uh, now, we're going to keep reading in 1 Peter 3, 1 Peter 3, 3 through 6, the idea of the adornment. This is an interesting text. 1 Peter 3, 3 through 6, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight very precious. For this is how holy women who, who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are a children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. This text, what is this text talking about? It's an interesting text. And I think there's a contrast here in the way the world views things and the way the Christian views things, right? The contrast between what is outward versus what is inward. The, the outward focus, the appearance, the present. Uh, presentation to the world, right, is what he's talking about there, versus the inward, the heart, the spirit, the good works. Uh, uh, Paul says in Ephesians, I don't have the text on there, that, that to be devoted to good works as, as a, a wife, right? So when we think about what he's contrasting, again, I think he's contrasting that same thing in 1 Peter 2, right, when he, when he talks about Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Well, part of that was the adornment, right? Part of that was that they should be different in the way that they presented themselves to the world, not in the, the showiness and the flashiness and, the, and the, the outward focus of the appearance, but should be adorning themselves inwardly with, with the kind of spirit and heart and attitude and action that God is looking for, right? Isn't that ultimately, I think, what he's talking about? And all of these things, again, as we go through this section of these four different groups of people, they're all the same sort of instruction. Now, there's some different specifics, but they're all the same sort of instructions. Now, I'm going to put this meaning back up here. Uh, this is the word, be subject to. Um, this is the word that he uses three times. And there's an interesting transition of meaning in 1 Peter 3, 7. Again, to place or arrange under, to subordinate, to bring under influence, to uh, be subordinated, to be brought under a state of influence, to submit oneself, render obedience, or be submissive. Now, when we go to 1 Peter 3, 7, we're going to read both what, P uh, what Peter says to husbands and what Paul says to husbands. And again, Peter starts with that word, likewise. So, be subject to, to every human institution, be subject to masters, likewise, wives, be subject to your husbands. And then he says, likewise again, in a similar manner to the things we previously have discussed, and yet he doesn't use the word be subject when he talks to the husbands. Let's read that. 1 Peter 3, 7, likewise, likewise what? Well, in a similar manner to the way the wives are, in a similar manner to the way the Slaves are in a similar manner to the way we are subjected to human institutions. Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of grace of the grace of life, so your prayers may not be hindered. Uh, and we could read what, what uh, oops, 
We could read what Peter or what Paul says in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish in the same way, in the same way. The same way as what? In the same way Christ loved the church. In that same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but is but nourishes it and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. What is he saying here, both Peter and Paul? The command word is different, obviously. The word love is the command word to the husbands versus the word be subject or submit in Ephesians to the wives and, and, and Peter to the wives. So there is a difference in a, an authority. And, and one, of these, one of the key aspects of this right is authority when we think about uh, who has authority over whom. So there is a distinction in authority, I think, because Peter and Paul don't use the same word. Yet influence, the idea of being influenced, goes both ways, which is why Peter says, likewise. He says this thing to the, the about the government, thing about the masters, likewise wives be subject to your husbands, and then likewise husbands. In a similar thing to what I have previously talked about in those three different relationships, he doesn't use the word be subject because I think he wants to keep the distinction of authority there. But at the same time, the idea that husbands are to live without being influenced by their wives is ridiculous, right? The idea that husbands are a separate entity that have that the, their wives have no bearing on how they live, their the wives' needs and wants and desires has no influence over the husband, that is quite frankly an unbiblical idea, as we've read in 1 Peter and Ephesians. So while maybe there's not a subjecting of authority, there is still a, way, a sense in which husbands are to be influenced, their actions and their, their motivations are to be influenced by their wives, what their wives need, what is best for their wives. Isn't that what he's saying when he says to live with them in an understanding way, to show honor to them? What he says in Ephesians, to love your wives as Christ loved the church. So we are absolutely as husbands, and I can speak more about this because I am a husband. As husbands, we are absolutely influenced and our actions are influenced by considering our spouses, right? And what specific actions does he say here uh, in, in 1 Peter 3, 7? To love, to show honor, and, or 1 Peter and Ephesians, rather. Love, show honor, self-sacrifice, care, support. Those are the, the commands to the husband. So as we see this idea of being subject, and I've said this many, 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 many times, Christianity is is all about submission. It is a chain of submission. And it is this way in every in every hierarchy of Christianity, all the way up to the top, right? When Jesus subjected himself to the Father. Well, he was put in submission or submitted himself to the Father's will. He laid that example for us. And even so, we get to the apostles who are in subjection to Jesus. And, and the church was in subjection, of course, to the apostles in the first century. And, and of course, we can think about this on a church level. We're in subjection to the eldership. Uh, we're subject uh, in our, our family relationships, children to parents. There's the, the idea of being subject in the spousal relationship. And, and so this just carries through the whole 
strata of the church at every level you want to talk about, every particular grouping you want to talk about, the idea of being subject to, of being brought under influence or subordinated is present throughout the whole system. And again, why? What's the point of that? We could read in 1 Peter 2 one more time what the point is. Beloved, I urge you as, uh, oh, I should put it on the screen. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The ultimate point of it all, again, is to demonstrate and illuminate and highlight for the world how it's supposed to be in a, in a relationship with God so that ultimately people will want to be in a relationship with God, right? That's what we're trying to accomplish. So wives being in subjection, and that has to do, I think, with authority, right? Being in subjection to your husbands, but even then husbands still living in a way that is influenced by the needs of your wives, going all the way back to Christians with the government, and, and servants with masters. And, and I said this, the well, I don't know what day I said it. Maybe it was Tuesday. Uh, of course, the idea of the employee-employer relationship. All of these have similar qualities. And in each one, what's the point? You're in subjection in these relationships as to the Lord, right? We're doing things as we would do them for God. And, and that's exactly what Peter says. I don't have it on the screen, but we'll read it uh, I can pull it up. First um, Peter two sixteen and seventeen, or two sixteen rather, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God in all circumstances. Living as servants for God, right? Isn't that what we're doing? We're living as servants for God, and it's it's more explicit in other places when he says to ser slaves serve your masters as you would serve the Lord. When he says to husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. When Paul says to wives wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Again, it's all connected and an extension of our relationship with Jesus in which we are all in subjection, right? Isn't that the point? So when you become a Christian, you're signing up for being being in subjection, right? You're signing up for that. There's, there's no way around that. But just by the fundamental nature of the relationship with Jesus, and so that permeates and it extends to all of the other relationships we have as we try to do what is right and do what is proper and do what is pleasing to the Lord, ultimately trying to illuminate to the world what it's like to be in this system, a system that is better and holy and good and perfect. Uh, not, not, uh, not that we're perfect, right? But the system that God has set up is something that is better for us, we know. I think that's that wraps up my lesson for today. Let's end in a prayer, uh, and then I'll have one or two other announcements. God, we thank you for another day that we have to worship you and to live for you. Help us to live as servants of yours, to not use the freedom we have to serve ourselves. You are worthy and almighty and excellent in every way, and you are worthy of our allegiance and our loyalty. God, we ask you, please, Give us wisdom and strength. Give us peace in these uncertain times that we might band together and be closer to one another, if not in person, then at least in spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.